0: You're on the bench for Bird and Pete, and this is our Friday Blitz. This is where we take five topics that's been discussed in the sports world, whether it's been on Facebook, in your office, barbershop, you name it, we're going to talk about it. So the first thing that we're going to jump into today is the NBA Finals, and we're going to talk about Game 2 and Game 3 and what we think is going to happen for Game 4. Um, game 2, I'm not surprised it was a blowout. Steph went off. LeBron put up his normal numbers. I'm starting to lean more towards Stephen A, where he does some number crunching. And in game three, I wasn't surprised KD went off. And that is how deep that team is. You have three players that any given time can take over a game by taking over a quarter and hit demoralizing shots. So I'm not surprised by the outcome. Just right now, if Cavs are down, what, 3-0? And to my prediction for game four... I'm going for sweep. I said a sweep all along. I'm not going to change it unless they lose the night, the Warriors. So, the thing with game three, KD was on fire. He was hitting dagger after dagger, and Steph and Clay were off. I think they combined for 11 points. So, when that happens, you'd be surprised. I mean, no, 21 points they combined so with that happening i'm just shocked that they won but when you have somebody like kd and this was the prime game for lebron them to still at home his role players kevin love contributed ronnie hood chipped in jr smith chipped in and lebron had his triple double stat line and they still couldn't win and people kept saying "You, if he gets some help he gets some help he'll win he got the help. He got two. He got two sets of help. He got help from his own squad, and he got help from Steph and Clay not showing up, and they still lost. So, after the game, the press conferences leading up into Game Four, he's just talking about like you have to be mentally smart. And the have been terrible on defense, and it's been they've been exposed terribly. It's open dunks, open shots, miscommunication, finger pointing. Man, when that started, when that happens, it's just a snowball effect. So I'm looking at this is a four-game sweep, and it's just been—I don't know—it's been everything I expected. Because Cleveland and LeBron once again playing in the East has not prepared him to play in the Finals. Every year he can run through the East like a hot knife through butter, and once he runs into the Western Conference, it's going to be some opposition because the West is has more stars, has better players, better coaches. The West is overall better. So when this happens every year, like last year, he ran through the East. Everybody, oh, yeah, you know, they're running through the East. They gonna do. They ran through the East this year, except for when they kind of ran into – they didn't run through the East, but it was no doubt that they were going to get through. It was a little shaky in the Boston series, a little shaky in the end, but I thought it was going to get through no matter what. And now they're being exposed, because if Boston had Kyrie and Hayward, I don't think they would have gotten through. But you know, that's for another day. But Bird, what do you think about the NBA Finals so far? Give us your recap on Game Two, and Game Three, and what you think will happen in Game Four. I'm predicting the Warriors win.
1: So my thoughts on the NBA Finals is what a difference a week makes. Um, you know, last week I because of how impressed I was with game one, I was expecting, um, were hoping that maybe the series could be a little bit more competitive than what um people may have thought. Um, and honestly and you know, and besides game two, it really has been competitive. You know, the the games have been competitive. It's not like Golden State is uh blowing them out. Um the Cavaliers are, you know, right in the thick of things. Even with Game 3, they were in it until the end, um, you know, until the last couple of minutes, and then Golden State just took over at that point. Um, and then today you have them on a brink of elimination, possibly getting swept. Um, now, for me, I give LeBron not re- much respect that he could get one game. Like, I, that's how I felt last year. I still feel the same way this year. I even felt like this year, after seeing Game 1, that the Cavaliers could have won two games in this series. And it's a possibility that they might not even win one. So that surprised me. But I think, like I said, I'm going to give LeBron enough credit and all of the other players on the team enough credit, especially the ones who are champions. People are prideful, you know, so I don't think that they want to go home. I think they'll put up a good fight tonight. Um, And for me, game four winner is going to be um, Cleveland because, like I said, I think that, they're going to come out playing like with their backs against the walls like they are. They have nothing to lose, and they're prideful. So they're going to give the Warriors everything they want. Now, that's my opinion, but I think that the Cavs will win. Um, would I be surprised if the Warriors won? Not at all. Um, but I am giving LeBron that nod to give him at least, you know, one win. So the next thing we're going to talk about is, uh, what do you think about the NFL's new anthem rules? And basically, to sum it up in a nutshell... Um, they're telling that they're saying that the players who do not want to stand for the for the national anthem can stay in the locker room and if they do come out and they do kneel or do any sort of uh protest, anything but stand, I assume, um, for the national anthem but that the players could face a fine, I believe it was. And at first they were talking about giving teams fifteen yard penalties. Um, then I think they it was just cleared up to being a fine. Um my thoughts initially about it was I understood why the NFL did it. Like I still understand why the NFL did it. But I can also say that by the NFL doing that, they've draw a line was drawn in the sand and they're letting the players know where they stand. It's not to say that they don't care about the issues that the players are concerned with. It just goes to show that those people who were upset about the anthem protests their voice were a lot louder than the people who are upset that they can't protest and they affected their money. They affected because nobody was really coming to games anymore. I mean, I know for Baltimore Ravens fans, we used to have a lot of empty seats at games, but that wasn't just, just the Ravens. You know, if you looked around the league, a lot of teams suffered with attendance. Now, like the Eagles fans, they may not have because they were having such a great year. And then we saw how how they ended their season. But Around the league, it was just, they were talking about attendance and and things like that. So, I think that in that sense, the owners had to come to some sort of conclusion to try to appease those people who are upset about the anthem protests. Basically to say, you know, we're not going to, you're not going to dictate to us what you're going to do kind of thing. Now, like I said, I don't necessarily agree with what they did because like you drew a line in the sand, and you letting the players know where you stand. Me, personally, I would have kept the rules how they were. There really weren't any rules. It wasn't anything, you know, mandating that you had to stand up or what you had to do. I just say leave it alone because the anthem protest, to me, I'm tired of talking about it. Like, we've been talking about it for going three NFL seasons now. It's like we're not even talking about the issues anymore, you know, and that's why I appreciate what um what the guy on the Philadelphia Eagle, Malcolm Jenkins, did with the holding up the signs because it's like the more and more you talk – the more the story gets spun, spun, so then you hold up the signs to say exactly what we're processing and why we're upset and what we want to change. But even so, with that people will take it back to but you're 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 protesting the anthem and you're not patriotic and blah 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 blah, which is not true. You know, you can be two things. You can be I love America, but I also don't like some things about America, and that's how most black people feel like we're not saying that it's all horrible here but there are some things here that really haven't changed in over 50 or 60 years you know and that's a problem so my opinion is um i understand why they did it i don't necessarily agree with them doing it and we're going to see how that's going to affect them you know during the season but pete what do you think
0: oh man my thoughts on this nfl anthem protest rules that they put in place that's terrible. Like, why even put these in place? I know why you put them in place, because 45 down your throat. About oh, you don't do this. I'ma turn this people again. I'm like all this stuff coming from there and now. I don't, I think it's gonna do more harm than good because if a player decides to stay in the locker room and does not come out, you better believe that these networks, Fox, CBS. ESPN, whoever's covering the game is going to make a point to say who was on the field, who was in the locker room, and when they come back on the field, they're going to have cameras pick it up. And then that's going to be the next. That's going to be the next thing. You're going to get people on Twitter, everywhere on social media. Oh, this player—he's not patriotic. He didn't come out. He didn't come. like. You're putting targets on players' back now. You're putting, excuse me. You're putting targets on players' backs who shouldn't. Have to be targeted. Like this is just crazy. I don't I don't believe it got to this point, but I'm not shocked or surprised. Like when this first happened with Kaepernick, they could have had a meeting with the NFLPA, they could have figured something out or there's something, but you slowly let it fester and it got bigger and bigger, and then he injected his name. Then it got the pot got big. it's just bigger and bigger. Now when the issue is It's running over. The pot is boiling over. It's running on the floor. It's it's a mess now. And personally, I don't know what you can. If I was a player, I would feel betrayed, especially by the owners who in one breath say they got your back and then the next breath they don't. And then, like, the players associate. How much power do y'all got or do y'all have any power? Because y'all let the commissioner and the owners run over top of y'all. There is no league without the players. And I'm just I'm just amazed. Like, yo, it's is there another compromise or what do you want? I understand it's about money. A lot of people felt as though the kneeling was disrespectful. But if you actually go back to the origin of the whole thing, Kaepernick talked to somebody. Military. He said, oh, you know, you do this, this wouldn't be shown as a form of disrespect. But people took it that way. They're continuing to hijack that, not listen to why they're doing it or what they're trying to bring attention to. And it's peaceful. It's not during the game. It's not after the game. It's right before the game. And who I don't know who goes to the game for the next one after man happens, but I never seen them. Oh, I gotta hurry up and get to the game and hurry and turn it on so I hear the next one. I've never heard that. And if that's the case, you want people to get mad at the players, I've gone to the Orioles and Ravens game where I've had people, when the National Anthem comes on, sit down, keep their hats on, buy food, walk around, talk. So now if you really, really, really want to push this whole patriotic thing on us, make it across the board. Everybody, when you're ready to do the National Anthem, don't sell no hot dogs, no beers, no drinks, nothing. Everybody stand, tell people to take their hats off, stand up, find people. Oh, sorry, can you please stand up? If you want everybody to stand up, make it for the fans and the players. Because, Like I said, you're just singling out players just going to cause some more issues. Because if I'm a player and I decide to stay in the locker room, and after the game you ask me why, I'm all about football. Then if I say I'm all about football, you're going to be mad about that. So it's like uh, you can't win, can't please everybody. It's just driving me nuts. Like, what, what do you want want people to do? If they come out and they stand, can't lock on, like anything that you don't, it's just, man, it's just mind-boggling this whole situation. Hopefully we can get this issue resolved, but, I mean, the way it's going, it's just going to be another storyline for the whole NFL, the whole 2018 season. Our next topic we're going to discuss this, what's going on with the White House and inviting teams and taking the invites back. And just this whole subject has like been crazy since 45 gotten in the office. Um, I'm going to just start off with saying if somebody invites you somewhere that you don't want to go and you say you don't want to go, don't get mad and say you're going to, oh, I take my invite back. Especially looking at how Tory Smith was one of the most vocal. Philly, well, he's a former Eagle, one of the players on the team that won the Super Bowl that year. He said he wasn't going to go, but he said, don't take that right away from other players who wanted to go. Because they're all players and staff and people involved with the team that wanted to go to the White House to meet the president. Don't take that away because you aren't happy that everybody wants to come. Like, that's, to me, is crazy. That's that... Narcissistic stuff. Like he's just—I don't know. Like they don't want to come. Some teams will come. Some players will come. You see, what the Steph and LeBron at their press conferences last week was like. Oh no! Any whoever wins this series is not going to go. That team is not going to want to go. And the boys didn't go last year. They spent time in D.C. doing stuff. Hey, whoever wins this year, they will do it again. Whether it's Cavs, Warriors, they're not going to go. And then it's like, okay. You invited, invited, the NFL team. Name one coming. Then Fox News. Like I'm not. We don't get a whole political. But you got different news outlets. I'ma call Fox News out because they were one of the outlets that found a picture from twenty, the 26th season. and Said oh, Eagle players nailed, and that wasn't true. That was from the previous season, not last season. So it's like, man, we're not even having that. And it's like, okay, fine. So let's call you out on what you're doing. The WNBA champions weren't invited to the White House. Hmm. Hey, is it a thing against women or what now? Because now we're starting to tread the things that, you know, why people don't want to go to the White House. Like, if you invite one, invite all. Don't try to pick your teams and pick your players. Like, we knew if the Patriots would have won the Super Bowl, they would have gone off the top. We know that relationship between 45 and Kraft and Belichick and Brady. Brady might get and go just to save... And you know, he has a lot of sponsors and different. He probably didn't want to be close to that like he did last year when he skipped it for whatever reason. I just think it's crazy. Like, put the invite out there. If they want to come, they want to come. If people want to come, let them come. If they don't, they don't. I hopefully, I don't know if it's going to go away. It may go away while this president is in office. I don't know. Me personally, I don't think it should go away. I think it should be. I invite the team. Whoever from the team wants to come, go. I don't want it to be a mandatory thing where you're forcing people to go. It's optional. Hey, me personally right now, let's say if I was on the Eagles and I won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't. But maybe my best friend on the team that's a left tackle or right guard, he want to go. Don't take that from him because I choose not to go. So that's my whole thing with the situation. Like, yo, it's kind of... It's just kind of crazy. Bird, what do you think about the whole White House controversy?
1: My opinion on the White House canceling the Eagles' visits is it's laughable. I mean, the Eagles basically didn't want to come. We saw this happen when the Warriors, you know, after they won the championship, basically, because you hear somebody saying that they don't want to come, you renege the, uh, the invitation. It's kind of crazy, like that makes him look bad to me. Like he doesn't even give them, he doesn't give the players a chance to look bad because he does stuff like that. Like reneging invitations when people have already said they don't want to come. So what difference does it make? Like I said, it's just laughable to me. The stuff that we have to, or have had to endure um, since he's been in office. I don't know what the next couple of years are going to hold. I'm I'm kind of nervous. I've been saying I'm scared. It's not getting any better. It seems like things are getting worse. And it seems like we have the biggest troll in America, you know, as the president right now. And and because of that, it has everybody been uneasy, you know, and nobody wants to feel like they're being told what to do in a country where we're supposed to be free. You know, there are no rules. It's not a handbook to say you must stand for the anthem, you know. And, and, and the thing about the anthem process is, the point of a process is not to make people feel comfortable, so we get i i loved that they but i once I found out what the what the process was about, I loved it, and my opinion was, who cares like it's supposed to make you uncomfortable, you know, but at this point, I feel like he, the president has hijacked the message, and I wouldn't even give him the satisfaction because the more you do stuff the more it feeds him or fuels him and he just keeps talking or tweeting and then it and then he he goes out to his community and he spills the same things over and over and over again and it's like you keep opening up the same wounds so to me i feel like it's laughable it's not going to be the first time that teams aren't going to want to go i i want to know why the WNBA champions from last year, the Minnesota Lynx. Why haven't they got an invitation to the White House? Like stuff like that just bothers me. But this is why I'm saying it's laughable. Like you're reneging invitations and nobody wants to come. So who cares at the end of the day? The next thing am gonna talk about is what are your thoughts on Terrell Owens deciding that he's not gonna go to the Hall of Fame ceremony? Um, initially, I didn't really know how to feel about it. Like when I read it and saw it on social media that he was saying he wasn't gonna go. I didn't have any initial feelings about it. I was just like, well, why not? You know, like, why wouldn't he go? Then the more I thought about it, I said, well, isn't this the most heel thing to do? You know, you you, you went on a, uh, you know, you spent the last three years basically saying why you should have been a first ballot, and so have fans and, and analysts, and everybody has been defending you and, and felt like you should have been first ballot. Okay, you weren't. So you get in on your third try. And though you might feel like you should have been in, you know, two, you know, the first time, you didn't. But it doesn't matter, you know, when you get in, in the sense that it's not like they're going to say, they're just going to say Terrell Owens the Hall of Famer. They're not going to say Terrell Owens the Hall of Famer got on, got in on his third try. So I don't really understand, you know, why he wouldn't want to go. The Hall of Fame is basically a time to tell your story. And I feel like he's robbing people and fans of the time to really know his story. And he basically has proven everybody right That probably didn't want to vote him in. Um, I heard a quote on ESPN that he texted somebody and said, sometimes you have to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. And then that made me really think. So for you to say sometimes you have to do the wrong thing for the right reasons, you know it's wrong of you to deny the invitation, but for some reason you think that you're doing the right thing like you're taking a stand or something. And and all it's looking like is you're being the T.O. that everybody said you were. You're selfish. You're thinking about yourself. I mean, what about the people who were lobbying for you to be in the um, Hall of Fame? Why are we not able to see you with all of the other inductees in the same night? You know, why do we have to try to wait for you to tell us where you're going to be that night? Like, it's taken away from everybody else, and you're making it about yourself. So, in and, and, and all, I can just say... This is the most T.O. thing to do. You know, like, I'm not surprised. I should like, we we shouldn't even be surprised that he did that. And the fact that I heard him say, uh, sometimes you got to do the wrong thing for the right reasons, he know that what he did was wrong. But, Pete, what do you think?
0: I get to talk about my man, Terrell. Owens oh, next? Terrell, Terrell, however you want to call him. Oh, man, he pissed so many people off by saying he's not coming to Canton for the Hall of Fame induction. Woo-wee. He is getting some backlash. You got a whole bunch of people saying they, if they would have known, they wouldn't have voted him in. He don't deserve it. And then you got you got Jason Whitlock and Michael Irvin coming at him hard. And then he fired back on Twitter talking about one's weight and one's coke habit. It's all kind of crazy. Um, Like I said, me personally, I get inducted, I will go. Some people say he's not going for the fact that he doesn't have the money to throw himself a party because they You know, people like, oh, the Hall of Fame covers your travel expenses and hotel and everything. But, I mean, that's just the rumor. I don't know how true it is. Or he could just be giving a middle finger to the writers who kept him out. He felt as though, with his numbers. Him and Randy, like certain players, their production on the field, with their numbers, they should be first ballot. Let's not even waste a whole bunch of time in the room. But sometimes it happens, you don't get in. And also, they, from looking at the bylaws from the NFL, you have to look at how they were as a teammate. Not what they did like when they're home, but as far as locker room teammates and everything, and, you know, he's a great player, but he's had his issues in the locker room. So now he finally get inducted, and he gave him the finger. Me personally, that's his thing. I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. It's T O. T O is going to do what T.O. is going to do. And... Me, I, like I said, I would go. This is an honor. I will share it with family and friends. And the people who helped him get me there. He just doesn't want to be a part of it. Hopefully, he changed... Me, personally, I want him to change his mind. Because I want to see him give a speech. Because it's, it may be exposed. He may drop some things we never heard. He may, you know, do something. Like, for pure entertainment, I want him there. But if he doesn't go, he doesn't go. And, and that's it. That's the <laughs> end of it. Like... I don't know. I don't know why he's holding his grudge. He's so pissed off. There's a lot of players like Chris Carter had to wait, what, I think five or six years before he finally got in. I mean, it's going to be a whole bunch. Like, that's the thing. In that position with the receivers, they do kind of make them wait for whatever reason. They ain't make Jerry and Randy wait, but most receivers, for some reason, they make them wait and wait and wait. So I'm hoping he changes mind because I would love to have some kind of, Show, I would love to have some kind of show at the Super Bowl, but we'll see. Now, last topic of the day is the Ravens that popped once again for violating and OTAs. I guess the no contact, eliminate contact. Um, it's like clockwork to me, it's like Groundhog's a Day, you know, Christmas will happen, New Year's. Taxes will be due April 15th, or if they juggle the date around, and the Ravens will get popped for some kind of infraction. And John Harbaugh has to be smart. Like, this is the third, I think the third year in a row that you got popped for this. And the thing that's crazy is, you know, the NFL records all practices, and then they will review them. And they also have somebody at the facility to make sure this isn't going on, and you keep doing it. You're being a habitual line stuffer. I mean, I I just don't get it. Like, you – you taking away practices from players who definitely need it. But now you lose those practices. So, it's no excuses this year. Like, you know better. You're a veteran coach. You, I think this is year number 10. Maybe. I think this is year number 10. You know better. You know the rules. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing things like this, violating, and you're not making the playoffs. If you were making the playoffs, get a little wiggle room. But three out of the last four years you've been sitting home, it's not cutting it. And like you said, you probably see some things like, "Oh man, my guys need to hit more, be more physical." Oh, I gotta see how this looks and this, but you just can't do it. Like there's rules in place. I don't like the rules; those are the rules. You don't like them, but you have to just you just have to do it. Like this, this isn't a good look. And I'm, I mean, Seattle got popped a couple of times, but we've been popped three years in a row. So like, this is just mind boggling, man. Like. What are you getting out of? what are you getting? That's the thing I need to know. What are you getting out of it? Because I don't see the benefit now. For a padded practice or two, you end up losing more practice. Like, it doesn't – like, the risk-reward isn't worth it. So, he has to get his stuff together. But, Bird, what do you think about this whole Ravens OTAs getting taken away for practices thing?
1: My thoughts on the Ravens being penalized yet again for obviously violating – practice rules, CBA rules, whatever the situation. I don't even know what they did. I don't know if it was even said what they did. We just know that it was another violation. I feel like John Harbaugh is trying to prove a point, you know, and actually this is something that I put on the players. This is is one reason why I have no sympathy for them when it comes to certain things in the NFL, and that's because I feel like the players worry about the wrong things. In the last CBA, they were more concerned about you know, having more lenient drug drug policies and having less practice times and, and wearing pads less and things like that. But you weren't worried about getting more guaranteed money. That, that wasn't what was important to y'all, but yet you want to, you know, practice less. And I don't think that that's something that coaches enjoy. You know, I think that I can understand not having physical contact. I can understand, like, you know, not doing that as much. But the mere fact that players aren't allowed to be around the organization, even in the off season, to watch film, learn to like get mental reps and things like that—all like, of that is quote unquote illegal—is just crazy to me. Um, but I put that on the players, though, because they were the ones pushing for these rule changes when it came to the off season and practices and things like that. So you shake your head at the Ravens and you have little, little to no sympathy for them because, for one, they've been told, they've been warned, they've been in trouble before. And they continue to do the same thing over and over again. So it's like you got to take your, pun- your your punishment like a man. But then on the flip side, I look at it and say, I put this on the players because you guys were so concerned about being able to smoke weed or you know, whatever whatever type of drugs you guys wanted to use and not face harsher penalties. You guys didn't want to be around your teams as much, but yet we're complaining. To- you have players today holding out, not being paid because of what they're wanting their teams to pay them. So in my opinion, you should think the players need to be focused more on trying to get guaranteed contracts if possible. And if not, then figure out a way to make sure that you're getting the most money that you can. This is why I've been saying for a while now, I think the best best option to this is for players to take shorter deals. If you take shorter deals, you can get more guaranteed money because if you do a two-year deal or a three-year deal instead of a five- or six-year deal, you have a better chance of getting all the money that you're supposed to get and still being on that team unlike a lot of guys who sign these extensions for five or six years, and then by the third year, a team is ready to release you. You know, so in my opinion, this is not going to be fixed until they get back to the CBA. I know for a fact that John Harbaugh is one who has tried to lobby with the league to have them change the rules because he feels like these are our guys. This isn't college. Like, why can't we work with them to build them to be the best professionals that they need to be? Um, My thing with the Ravens is – as mediocre as we we have been over the past five years, we probably need all the practice time we could get. So, in the in sh the, in a the, on one on one side of it, I can say it's hurtful because it took two days away from guys who needed that work. On the flip side, I can say next week when they come in, they got to have their heads down and ready to work because what John Harbaugh did was try to was he was trying to do something to benefit the team, but in the process, he got himself in trouble and he got the organization in trouble. Not surprised; it's happened before. I think it's just John Hallball trying to prove a point. So we'll see in the next CBA whether or not they decide to to address these rules and change it back to maybe how it used to be or maybe have less contact but allow more conversation and mental reps with players and coaches. But that's it for this week. So um, you can follow us on Facebook, On the Bench with Bird and Pete. You can hear the show on SoundCloud. You can hear the show on iTunes. And until next time.